Welcome into the final ever Irish NFL show. Uh, after last night's disgraceful picks, this is it. We're, we're not doing this ever again. <laughs> it's that bad that Mark Cockerell didn't even show up. Colin Cronin, Mark Cockerell is not here. And sorry, Brian O'Leary, it's it's been it's been a long 24 hours of working on this league. Colin, how are you doing, Yart? Very good. Yeah, it was um I suppose an, an interesting uh, suite of, of games yesterday. I think we're we've seen through the first quarter of the season that maybe offenses are struggling a bit, but I think there is still plenty of intrigue and excitement to talk about. Brian presented, of of course, by uh, Cassidy Travel Ireland's number one travel agents. They still have tickets for the London game next week between the Jags and the Broncos. You can hit them up, CassidyTravel.ie, or check out the email in our bio on the podcast or on the YouTube channel. Um, and another fun-filled Sunday of NFL action, Brian. It was. It probably wasn't as high scoring as we've seen in the, the past few weeks, in particular last weekend when we were travelling back from from London, but plenty of storylines and. Some shocking results as well. I'm glad you called it out early, Michael, because I did take time this afternoon to look through our picks to see how we got on. Um, it wasn't one of the better weeks for us, especially after a good week last week, but I'm sure we'll bounce back tonight and next weekend. Tonight, huh? Well, I'm going to just put, I'm going to, I am going to put these on the screen in a second. I'm going to put the picks up on the screen at some point here when I get a chance. I'm now realizing they've got three screens in front of me and I can't transfer the image from computer to computer without doing something. Um, Colin, let's let, let's jump into the first one. Obviously, folks, if you have any questions, if you're watching this live, fire them in on the YouTube comments and we'll get to it at the end. I am out of here before Newsline starts. Uh, okay, so Falcons stunned the Niners. Uh, I was meant to go to an event in Leeds last night. There was this big thing, Colin, with the, the Niners put on in Leeds for people in the UK and beyond. This big uh, party, which was postponed because of the death of the Queen last night instead they didn't pick the right game but it looked a great crack they should do that in doubles in time yeah are we calling on the Niners to have a big massive sesh in Dublin be up for it and also what a game the Falcons look great and Kyle Pitts finally got his flight back from London it only took him a year and two weeks yeah, the, the Niners or any team that wants to hold a, a meetup in Dublin, I, I think it'd be great. It certainly looked like the the Niners fans enjoyed themselves pre-game. I think once the, the game uh, got going, it may have been a, a very different uh, story. And I think, you know, there was a lot of talk on this show and elsewhere after Trey Lance played one game and seven snaps that, you know, we needed to have discussions around him. Well, I think maybe we need to shine a light on James Garoppolo because uh, it ain't working. There's a reason they moved on from him. You can certainly make the argument that maybe they, they didn't make the right decision with Trey Lance, but Jimmy G is not the answer for this team. And that is... Obviously, they have a huge number of injuries on the defensive side of the ball, but offensively, Jimmy Jimmy ain't it. But I think uh, the focus should really be on the, the Falcons because it was a magnificent performance from them. And in fairness to them, they've had their defensive woes this, this year and other years, but their offense has been absolutely um, incredible. Uh, yesterday converted nine nine of their 14 third downs found the, the red zone on all three possessions hello denver uh the they're they're now averaging a first down or touchdown every 3.1 plays behind only the bills 
the Chiefs and Baltimore in terms of what they're doing on offense. And we saw Arthur Smith and the O-line guys out in the concourse yesterday sharing a beer. Well-deserved, absolutely put a beat down on the, the 49ers uh, yesterday and they could have played for another um you know, four hours and it would have been the the same result. So kudos to Arthur Smith, the Falcons. Um, You absolutely deserved it. And you have been overlooked uh, this year thus far. Brian, talking about being overlooked, here's our picks from Sunday. Uh, Shout out to Hoagie Bear for doing this. I don't know how he does this so well, but um, wow. I actually went into this week thinking, geez, I'm not doing too bad here. Look at this, 50 of 29. But for people on the podcast, Brian, everybody picked the Niners, which we'll talk about in a second, and just in your sense. Colm was the only lad to pick the Jets. Um, I mean, whoop-de-whoop, well done, Colm. Bucks, everyone picked the Bucks. Everybody picked the Rams. Uh, and everyone picked the Eagles. So, fine. I mean, at one point last night, you know, I think I think a few of us needed the Eagles to win something just to make it look a bit more uh, thing. The one thing I'll say, Brian, is this, and we didn't really, like, we, we haven't been chatting today, Um the amount of people in deep, like I don't know about you lads, but the amount of people in DMs this morning saying you picked this team, yada yada yada. Yeah, I picked the Jets last week. Like, well, well done, and well done to the Falcons. I mean, like, it's it's a bit of crack, like lads. Like some of the messages I was getting this morning was absolutely, I don't want to say uncalled for, but it was like Jesus, lads, calm the bop. It's grand. Uh, Falcons look really good, sir. I, you know, and I don't think any of us gave them a chance in this division. And ironically now, and we're going to talk about this in a bit, they're in a division where Taysom Hill is the best quarterback for the Saints team and he's listed as a tight end. Brady doesn't turn up anymore by the sounds of it. He goes to a wedding on a Friday night, which I did not know about until yesterday. Um, and the as other it, team is so... As in you weren't invited? <laughs> I wasn't aware that Brady was out on Friday. Like, that's, that's atrocious. Anyway, let's give the Falcons... Yeah. Their due time here at the minute. Uh, they look really good. They look really, really good. And Marcus Mariota has uh, transformed this team. But let's not forget that they wanted, and Arthur Blank wanted, Deshaun Watson so bad. So bad. So let's just take it there. That that being said, Mariota's done really well. Fair play to him. This team looks fresh. I know. It's, I'm glad you brought up the Deshaun Watson piece because when we were doing the off-season stuff, we couldn't really understand the logic in terms of what way the Falcons were going in terms of the direction they had been all in on Deshaun Watson didn't materialise, and then obviously then they had Mar- they had Mariota in, which then essentially looked like a rebuild, and that was the general feeling of the team. But yeah, they've surprised us, and they're playing very efficient football. They rushed the ball; they had uh, 53 carries yesterday, and they only they only threw the ball 12 times in the game. So like, they're aware that they have their inefficiencies on offense, but they played to their strengths. Um, and this is without Patterson, their best player and running back, not even playing at the moment. And uh, Collins referred to Jimmy G went two uh, interceptions yesterday, two fumbles. It was an erratic day for the offense. Uh, that was obviously the, the fumble, which was returned for a touchdown by the Falcons defense. Then the 49ers found ways to lose the game yesterday. Um, at the same time, you got to give the credit due to a Falcons team that you're right, they're three and three. And you know the, what's very, yeah, I suppose you can acknowledge, and we're seeing it across the league now with a number of head coaches. These players are playing from. We discussed there a couple of weeks back his outburst after the week one game where he said, I don't see the point in even doing this press conference. Everybody's buried my team already. They've come back fighting. Uh, great team camaraderie. Collins is right. They're all having a beer after the game. Real relaxing. Arthur Smith's out there having a beer and join, this, join the players' company. It's what you want to see, isn't it? As a fan for the Falcons who have been written off and had a couple of difficult years. Matt Ryan has moved on. But yesterday it was great. Great to see him. And Kyle Pitts, who's been out for the past few weeks, finally steps up in a home game. They're going in the right direction. There's tougher games ahead. 
will they be able to keep up and maintain the, the form? I'm not too sure, but if you're a Falcons fan at the moment, it's an enjoyable time to be, enjoyable season for them, up and down, but still great win for them yesterday. It's silly season at the minute. I mean, we, we, we've had, and obviously, congrats to the Falcons. They played excellent yesterday and they've been playing well above expectations over the last few weeks. Was it the game and they, they won against the Patriots as well? Not a lot of people gave them a chance in it. Was, I think it was the Patriots, wasn't it, a few weeks ago? They've, they've really done well. And we'll talk about the Patriots. Now, I'm, I'm glad that Mark's not here tonight because we need to have a very, very serious discussion about the Patriots, who done excellent yesterday. That being said, the Niners uh, lost Shavarius Ward in the first part of the game. Uh, Armstead, Kinlaw, Mosley, Bosa are all out. Um, like there's, there's talk that they'll give Bosa more of a rest, even until this Rams game, because there's literally no point. They're at the point here at the minute where they can lose a few games and come back into it. The NFC at the minute is that poor. That I, I cannot wait to see what the wildcard teams have as records. Because the fact that that Seattle-Arizona game yesterday was for first place in the West is a joke. Uh, but look, fair play. It's you can only put out what you're playing. Um, it's still sorry. very early though. You know. Oh, of course, but you have to. I mean, Falcons fans have to enjoy it. I mean, they have to enjoy it, and fair play to them. I think it's great. Niners fans will come again, and we will uh, see the crack. Um, we're going to talk here now about the Packers. Um, yeah, so, somebody said that I was. I laughed when somebody picked the, when you picked the Jets. Come, I haven't watched that back. Did I laugh whenever you picked the Jets the other day? I don't recall that happening. Yeah, you you did, but you may have been laughing. You were watching a, a TikTok at the time of yes. the, tic, the TikTok guy who uh, Mister Predictor. What about um, the uh, what about the curse? The curse is alive and well. Owen oh two since this photo was taken, lads. Uh, if you if you can't see this, if you listen to this. Uh, I met Lafleur, and they've lost every game since. Colm, is Lafleur in trouble? Because this team is. I don't want to say dog. It's it's awful to watch. Like with 11 and a half minutes left in the game yesterday when you were down by what, two scores? You were like, well, they're, they're not coming back. And they've Aaron Rodgers, a quarterback. And then Sauce Gardner wearing the cheese head yesterday. Just great crack. Great banter. Up the Jets. Uh, New Jersey. Everyone's saying Colin, that New York football's thriving. New Jersey and upstate New York football is thriving at the minute. And fair play to them. The Jets and the Giants are combined 9-3 and three so far this season. Uh, fantastic performance from the Jets. That defense is for real, yeah? Yeah, the, the, the Jets are absolutely. And I think that um, Salah and his coaching staff de- deserve a lot of credit. And so do those young players. The defense was absolutely outstanding yesterday. Um, Williams and that defensive front caused Rodgers all sorts of, of trouble. They, you know, and almost every drop back they were, uh, you know, if not hitting him, um, they were at least getting the the pressure on. Um, Lafleur is no, he's not. He's not. This was their first ever consecutive um, de- defeats uh, under his leadership. He's, but it's the hit- manner of the defeats column. They were yeah, up they're, massively, they're but, but, but uh, across the board, they've been very poor so far this season. Uh, yeah? Absolutely, absolutely. But I think that they're. I think even if you have a down year, like not every year is going to be successful. And this year is definitely a strange year and, and it probably feeds into a little bit to, to the picks. Um, I think overlooking a team is more even than, than the picky against them. I think um, I saw, so of the 92 games played this season thus far, 56 have been decided by one score or or less. Um, so you're talking, you know, well over 50% of games decided by one score. We, 
parity uh, has been the, the buzzword of the season. And there, there's a reason for that. But this young Jets team, you know, like they they just ooze kind of swagger and enthusiasm even you know and the the packers nothing's going right and and to me in terms of they need to uh, we I was talking about this um with uh, some packers fans on on a line earlier in terms of simplifying the the playbook going back into um you know lean on the the run a lot more they've gotten away from that and they got away from that too early yesterday the defense i think is the big big concern right because on offense obviously there we know that the wide receiver group is is not fantastic but you look at the defense and there's a whole load of talent there but they're just not playing well and that would be a, a big concern when you have that many um good players but they just there's no cohesion and i suppose uh, t- to me um when i hear rogers come out again and talk about you know negative vibes and 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 not wanting to uh, manifest negativity um i think he might still be on the ayahuasca trip um i think there are bigger problems than people talking negatively in the uh, dressing room i think execute executing plays is a bigger issue for the packers right now but kudos to the jets to to win on the road um and yet to be you know underdogs again going into denver next week i think they'll fancy their chances I like and me and Brian will talk about this on the betting podcast at some point this week. I'd be very surprised after tonight if the Jets aren't favourites in the handicap going into Sunday in Denver. I'd be shocked if they aren't. Uh, Brian, uh, Brian the, the Packers look broken, don't they? Like I mean, sporadically, their, their offense is a mess. They let was it 179 rushing yards on the uh, on the Jets yesterday for a start. They have the Commanders next week, and then the Bills in two weeks. And people were saying, like the Eagles, and we'll talk about the Eagles later on, right? Saying, oh, when will the Eagles lose if they get over this hump? Everyone was talking about this Packers game in like three, four weeks' time. I mean, the Packers are like, if they, if they play like that, they're not beating the Eagles. No chance. If they play like that this weekend, they might even beat the Commanders. Uh, you're right, you said broken. That's what Rogers, that was the quote after the game. Rogers said this offense is broken. And I like that Colin got involved today with some Packers family. He tried to kind of. Let's go back to let's go back to square one, but reevaluate what they're doing. But essentially, they're still trying to run the same offense that they that they were running with Devontae Adams there, and it's not working. There's very few explosive plays. The average only of four yards per play yesterday. He was four four of uh, four of sixteen on third down. They couldn't move the ball. Literally, Quinn and Williams. I mean, how many times did he get to Rogers yesterday? Rogers was sacked four times in the game. Yeah, maybe he should have got rid of the ball. But the reality was he was getting he was holding on to the ball trying to make a play, but there was nobody getting open. Like right now, there's. Even last week in London, like where was the explosive plays? And I can only recall the fourth drive last week in London, you know, where he had a, a good play. Um, after that, there was very, very little. They were limited yesterday throughout the course of the game. And it's not like the Jets' offense was was fantastic yesterday. They were only one of eleven on door downs, and Wilson had ten, only had ten complete passes in the entirety of the whole game. They didn't have to do a lot. That the game was so low scoring into the third quarter, but essentially they couldn't do anything. Um, they're going to have to. I'm not saying they have to go out and trade for a wide receiver, but right now it's a work in progress. And I, at this stage of the season, albeit it's only six weeks in, you would have thought it was gradually improving. We expected a kind of a, a downward turn early on in the season against a strong Vikings team. They played well for the first half last week without doing anything major. She completely shut down in the second half last week, completely shut down for large parts of the game. 
and they've got to go back to the drawing board essentially and try to come up with something, get more, get more out of Jones, get more out of AJ Dillon and, and work with them as your strengths and then go from there and that'll complement the game. Until they do that, I think if they continue to go the way they're going with Dobbs, Lazard, it's not going to work. And defensively right now, they're not at their, their best where if they were playing really solid football, you could allow for a, an offence that's only putting up 70 and 20 points a game. But whilst their, def- whilst their defense is struggling as well, it doesn't make. But um, they might be okay this weekend because unfortunately the commanders are not in a good place at the moment, despite winning on tours day in Chicago. Are they ever in a good? Yeah, actually, right enough because we haven't really spoke since that game was a disgrace on Thursday night. And I, I actually feel because there was lads from Ireland over that game, and they said they, like, I'm, I'm sure they had a great time, but that game was a disgrace. I would if that was if that was being played in the backyard, I wouldn't watch it. It was a tough watch. A yeah. tough watch? I mean, I don't want to start saying things that I'd rather watch because I might get banned from the well, broadcast, look, but my, it was a disgrace, Brian. It Michael, was a joke. Mike, 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 the Bears were so good last Thursday. The NFL have rewarded us by putting them on Monday Night Football next week. Well, don't even. Don't even. <laughs> I. It's, uh, it's, I mean, I, I can see why all these games were picked, but I can't wait till the flex starts. That's all I'm going to say. Um, Brian or Colm, let's uh, let's look at the Giants come back and um, massive win against the Ravens. We're talking about the Packers there. Wink sort of the sort of Rogers out last week in the defense blitz 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 and it worked in, in the last quarter. Uh, Pack or sorry, the, the Giants obviously going five and one look fantastic. Brian Dable is most likely now going to be coach of the year unless something incredible happens. I I, I mean unless they lost the next ten games. Even at that, to go five and one is uh, fantastic, and their run of games over the next few weeks um, are are very favourable. I actually can only see I've only got the Giants losing one game of the stands, which um, is crazy. And it shows you how unpredictable the NFC is at the minute, and how the AFC Championship this year is going to be the Super Bowl, and we don't need to go to Arizona. Yeah, I, I, I <laughs> I'm would, joking. Uh... I'm joking. I, I can go, we can go, like if you go back to the the 80s and up until um, the, the Broncos actually finally beat the, the Packers, it was NFC all the way. The NFC absolutely obliterated, bullied um, and dominated the, the AFC. So it, it's funny to, to see it change a little bit. Look, through the, the first six weeks through the first third of the season i think absolutely brian dable is the outstanding um head coach there there are two thirds of the season to go um and that's not to put a, a downer on, on the giants i think they have been fantastic but there is a, there's a lot of football to be played we've got to get into uh december and and january uh, as yet so let's see i i think it's going to be interesting um you know for the giants in terms of the expectations the expectations have been raised now um and can they continue to to deliver on that because obviously he's got the team playing behind him he's coalesced uh behind him and in terms of the adjustments that they're making they're have been absolutely fantastic uh, I, some stats i saw today uh for it was dan olavsky tweeted saying the Giants after uh, halftime have outscored Mike Vrabel, Matt Lafleur, and John Harbaugh fifty-five to nineteen, um, which is quite incredible. So a second-half team, which is what you want to see in in many respects, and the fact that they already after week six have um, 
as, as many, if not more wins than they had in 2017, 2018, 2019, and 2021 is a testament to, I suppose, how how bad the the Giants had been and the, the work Dable and Joe Shane have done to turn that franchise around. Really, really impressed so far. Thibodeau um, had said that the QB he was looking forward to sacking the most when he came into the NFL was Lamar Jackson, and he got to enjoy that yesterday. If you saw any of the post-match stuff in the dressing room, you can see this is a team that are very uh, united and enjoying it. So it will be interesting to see what that's the first third of the season, what the, the second third of the season brings. Brian, for the Ravens fans watching, Kenyon Drake through the first five weeks of the season had 65 yards average, sorry, 65 yards and 21 carries. Usually he had 119 rushing yards and 10 carries. Um, J.K. Dobbins was pretty much a non-factor in the game, but as Colin said there, uh, two factors. Kev, Kevin Thibodeau was was fantastic towards the end of that with that strip. Um, and just going back, obviously we had Shane on the podcast or on the broadcast over the summer. I, I don't think anybody thought that the Giants would be sitting five and one. I I certainly thought that they would that that, that they would struggle, and uh, it shows you what um what you can do when, when when you sort of change it up and bring guys like him and Dable in. So uh, a very very good performance yesterday, and it's interesting. Uh, it's interesting for the next few weeks. Yeah, you're right about Drake. He had a great game yesterday. I mean, the, the run defense yesterday was exploited time and time again. But the important factor was red zone, one out of three for the Ravens. Getting in, you know, in terms of getting a touchdown, they held him to field goals. Justin Tucker missed a field goal yesterday, which we're not used to seeing. Things just happened to go in their way. But I felt for the Giants, like 2010 down with 12 minutes to go and your your expectations on the quarterback. And let's be fair, the quarterback that's had his struggles and a lot of criticism and a lot of scrutiny. 75-yard drive, touchdown to the rookie tight end. Um, I mean, that was a key part of the, of the game. And like the, the players were saying after the game, it doesn't matter what the score is, we just focus on the next drive and then we see where we're at after that. Um, I think it's the first, uh, turn of the century, it's the first team to come back from double-digit points deficits in the fourth quarter in three of the four six games of the season. I mean, that just embodies the work that the guys are doing. I think the most pleasing thing for a Giants fan yesterday was you look at the players that contribute, you've already kind of touched on Kayvon, so don't necessarily have to go there, but Evan Neal had no pressure yesterday. Um, seven pick in the first round. Rookie tight end, fourth round pick, scores a touchdown, scored a touchdown last week. Dane Belton, safety in the fourth round. Huge game yesterday. And uh, someone else has escaped me there, though. I can't think. One day Robinson, touchdown, second round pick. I mean, every nearly every rookie out there yesterday contribute in such a huge way and like for all the kudos that David is getting Joe Shane is obviously in the background do, you know doing his work and there's been very little said of him lately we you know we were delighted to have him on he already can acknowledge the the you know the background work to get these players in that are and they said straight away because of the uh, salary cap that they are going to have to contribute and they're contributing immediately it's it's beyond the expectations of any Giants fan and you're right like it is hard not to look too far ahead especially with the games coming up but said it last week, the NFL has a way of biting you in the, you know what, if you get too carried away and yeah, Jags next week, then it's Jags, Seahawks, Texans, Lions. The, you know, just games there that can be won, but at the same time, you just don't want to get too far, again, too far ahead. There was one player actually was getting giddy, excited during the week, a younger player, that how well the team were doing. And David, which I thought was really good, he got the Ravens players who were with the Ravens last year to go and sit him down and talk to him because when... The Ravens were eight and two last year and looked like they were on the way to the playoffs. They lost seven of their last eight games or something, something along those lines. So he was quickly telling these guys, 
keep your feet in the ground one game at a time and we'll see where we're at but great win for the Ravens it's a tour game now in the fourth quarter of the season where they've self-destructed or given away big leads the Dolphins game the Bills game and yesterday I know like Lamar's a great talent but something's not right there that they keep finding ways to lose these games Harbour will be under pressure if that keeps keeps happening Great win. I agree. There you go. I agree. Yeah. I mean, the lad, lad, I was literally sitting sitting at that stadium yesterday, last year, when Harbour went for it in fourth down, and, and the reaction was shocking. He got a contract in the off season. I, it's like Baltimore. It, I can't describe the way that their team is or the 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 club is run. It's run like a church in a positive way. It's so like I I genuinely can never see Harbour going. Unless they went like 0-17 two or three years in a row. That's the stage where I'm at with, with Harbour. He's respected that much in Baltimore. It goes to that point. Yeah, congrats to the Giants. Um, so we're going to talk very quickly here. Uh, Matt Ryan letting us down again yesterday. Uh, did anyone pick the Colts? Um, I, yes. I'm not putting the yes. graphic up. Yes. Okay, well done. Um, this, was, this shocked me, Colin, because there was a lot of talk coming out at the start of the game that Trevor Lawrence was more fit more active and more open especially in warm-ups than he was in the last two weeks and I thought to myself well this is going to be a walk in the park the concerning thing for this Jags defense is that Ryan was able and the Colts were able to put up 34 points yesterday when Matt Ryan through five weeks has apart from the, and I won't even go to that Chiefs game the Chiefs game was a very very good defensive performance but the Colts have struggled big time this season for them to put up 34 points is a very very big achievement fair play to them but also hell of an end to that game like red zone last night the last 10-15 minutes was insane and as someone that gets paid to tweet about stuff it's very hard to tweet about something when Matt Ryan fires a dime down to the end zone you're going Jesus what, what there's 17 seconds left here where do you even start but obviously Matt Ryan will be happy Colts are happy and, and they move on and they are, are they back in contention to win the South do you think now it's a big win for them it, it is a, a big win, and they, they certainly surprised me. And I had said that I expected the uh, Jags front seven to have a field day and could not have been more wrong on that one because Matt Ryan dropped back 58 times and wasn't sacked once, um, which definitely should be a concern to the, the Jaguars because that had been a strength of theirs in the early part of, of the season and um, was not at all evident yesterday. For the, the Colts, it's been yeah, it's been a weird season. They they have found ways to win. And at times yesterday, like the the Jags lost the week before Trevor Lawrence had played really poorly. Yesterday, you can't say he played really poorly. Like that drive in the fourth quarter was really impressive. But ultimately Matt Ryan is the one, you know, who comes up um, big. I think it's also a testament to how much the game has changed and, and why you can't really compare stats that Matt Ryan has passed Dan Marino. Matt Ryan has had a very solid career. He's been a, a good QB, but Matt Ryan is is not Dan Marino and nowhere near uh, Dan Marino. So I think that one is, um, you know, maybe... Is he a Hall of Famer with his stats? No. no. It, well, okay then. Okay then. He's, he's above Eli Manning in his stats. Now, I know this because I'd done a game thing last week about this. Matt Ryan is above Eli Manning, and Eli Manning is a two-time Super Bowl champion. However, Matt Ryan is significantly above Eli Manning in passing yards. <laughs> I mean, like, we're, we're, we're not starting this, but surely Matt Ryan would be contended for a Hall of Fame spot going on that ma- mantra. I, I, mean, that, I let... that, 
you and Brian can have a proper debate about that maybe on the betting podcast at some point. Carson Wentz has got a re- you, uh, oh, here. No, you you said you said it, Michael. You said very important uh, words in uh, in there. Two time Super Bowl champion, um, and 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 do it and helmet catch and the Manningham catch. Manningham catch. I think they should both be in the Hall of Fame. To be fair, like that's my opinion. Then, then but... no, no, Matt, Matt shouldn't. It, to me, he shouldn't. It, then it really becomes the Hall of the the very good. Uh, look. The, the Colts um, found a way. They found a way against the, the Broncos. They found a way uh, against the, the Jags. And now, you know, they'll, they'll play the, the Titans certainly in with a shout. And when you look at this season and the way in which the, the season ha- has gone, of course, they're, they're definitely in um, with, a, with a shout because they were they were missing guys yesterday. I thought Frank Reich did a, a decent job uh, yesterday. I still... I would say they'll definitely be, um, you know, um, uh, maybe uh, changes in um, Indianapolis, perhaps not like depending on how the rest of the season plays out. But I do think at least some of the assistants and perhaps a coordinator or two uh, will will be changed in Indianapolis at the end of the season. But I think that the Colts, given how they have played at times, um, and and given the way the schedule has played out, what are they three two one? Is that um, where they're at? I think they'd be reasonably happy for for the Jags. After a kind of a positive few weeks, it's about trying to pick up the the pieces for them. I was actually going to praise Matt Ryan after after last night's performance. Uh... Should I? <laughs> Bear in mind the conversation we're having. Three eighty nine, three touchdowns. But uh, I think you're right around the Jags. That's unreal. Yeah, it's fantastic numbers. Then again, play. look at Billy Zappi's uh, stats over the last few ba- weeks. And Billy Zappi's playing for a very good head coach. Who knows oh, how he's to get the best? He's playing very well. I'll give you that. Um, Go look, ahead, twenty sorry. plays in the fourth quarter, nine first downs, fourteen points for the Colts. Crucial, crucial points. But for me, the Jags. For a defence that we spoke about for large parts of the season, our leading into the season, we felt was going to be really strong. The Colts scored on the last five drives of the game. They weren't all touchdowns, there was field goals, but it, they essentially allowed the Colts to go up and down the field at will for large parts of the game. And, you know, ultimately that was the that was the undoing of, of a really good performance from, from Lawrence and from, from the running backs and other players in Cork. But when you have a defence that can't stop you to the team, you are, you're, you're in a situation where it's a... Where it's a, you're hoping to be on the right end of it of a sco- of maybe a field goal game and looked at like it was going to come down to field goal, but then obviously they went for went for all and they got it. Um, I think Frank Reich's celebration at the end was evident of a, of a coach who knows he's under pressure. He he was immediately wanting to enjoy the celebrations with the, with the quarterback himself, Matt Ryan. The two of them were embracing each other and no one else was around. It was like as if I was the one who got you here because I needed to get rid of Carson Wentz and I really need you to make sure I'm still here next year. So it's a big win, especially bearing in mind they got blown out by the Jags in week two. You know, you didn't want to fall two games behind on the Jags winning the division if it comes down to tie breaks and stuff. So big win to be re-energised going into Tennessee who are coming off a bye week. And they've already played each other this season. It's a strange division. A lot of these games are wrapped up and done in terms of facing each other twice very early on in the season. Big game from this weekend, but... Bearing in mind with the Colts were a few weeks ago, they went into Denver and they won and they somehow managed to get a win last night. They've turned things around. Yes, sir. Uh, let's look at Buffalo against Kansas City, dubbed as the game of the week, obviously. One of the games of the season. And Colm, I can't wait to watch this game again in January because it would be a disservice 
to not have these two teams face each other in the divisional round or the championship round. Time will tell, obviously, to see what happens there. Please, God, we do get to see it. Um, Allen comes out on top of Mahomes. A couple of interesting calls for both to, on, on both teams throughout the game with the refs column. Um, the thing for me is this. They went out and got Von Miller and they've completed that team. That defensive performance yesterday on Mahomes was unbelievable. The fact that they limited Mahomes to 20 points at home. I have to give it to Tony Romo. He called it. The story said 24-20. feels like a 24-20 type of game. Um, literally quote-unquote. But Josh Allen, um, with the game pretty much on the line, I think there was like a minute left in the game and he done, he done that leap. You, you would forgive him for sort of putting the clock down, taking his time. But the fact, the confidence that he had in his defense to allow that defense to go out with a minute to go against the Chiefs, I think speaks volumes. If this if this isn't the year for Buffalo, when is the year? Because the team just looks unreal. Like, I'm surprised it looks that good. I, I, I think we knew it would be good, but Jesus, I mean, they look unreal, yeah? Yeah, um, they do. And talk, we talked about it on the season preview show. There is no obvious weakness there they made uh, other than i would say the the running back now we thought they had upgraded i still think there's maybe a little bit of an issue there but certainly you look at the the defense and when you have josh allen and he's playing the the way he is they are a fearsome unit you mentioned von miller and he's been absolutely sensational um you know it does as a broncos fan it makes me sad to see the way in which we wasted him after Super Bowl 50, because obviously going across, playing with Aaron Donald, and then, you know, moving across to, to Buffalo. Peter King had a really um, good um, piece in his column again this morning, talking about how this was both in terms of Allen and Von Miller, and that was what uh, essentially made the, the difference. I mean, uh, you know, the concern, the only concern for the Bills would be in, in terms of injuries. But yeah, they were really, really uh, impressive yesterday. Um, and obviously, one, one of the, you know, the the things that did stand out in terms of the, the Chiefs uh, was Harrison Bucker's 62-yarder, where as soon as he kicked it, he knew it was going over. That was uh, very impressive. But I do think we will see, um, you know, both of these teams probably play each other again in in January. Brian, uh, calling it now, we're going to have the Chiefs against... No, I'm not saying it. I, I still think Chargers are going to win the Super Bowl. Frigate, why not? Uh, Brian, like look, looking at KC as well, Mahomes' two interceptions on the on the day. Uh, positive for him, the, the connection that he had with Juju. Juju came into his own last night. Does he think he's airing Holland or what's the crack there? Like, I mean, it wasn't funny. And what was even more concerning was Tony Romo thought that it was yoga. Um, but uh, let's be honest, if that was any other quarterback, we'd be very critical of him in certain situations. Mahomes, that, that last interception was quite poor, to be fair. The thing is, he'll learn from that and go into Buffalo in January and take his team to a Super Bowl. So that's usually what happens. So there's, there's no point anymore in this broadcast and being negative on certain plays. Uh, uh, I, I just miss Jackson Mahomes' TikToks. I don't there. see how genuinely... I picked the Chiefs in this game, don't get me wrong, but I don't see any team going into Buffalo and winning in the playoffs. Just can't see it. Like... 
the game was quite even. Okay, I was just going like they won late in the game. It was a very even game. Chiefs had the ball for 21 minutes. Bills had it for 29. The stats are quite even in the game, but I still didn't think the Bills played that well, and they still came out with the victory. They're on another level. You know, we've rightly picked them to go to Super Bowl. Some haven't picked them to win the Super Bowl, but we all felt. Uh, I know you've got the charge, but like you do expect a deep run from the Bills in the playoffs. And Colin said the only weakness potentially is the running game, but they still tried to commit to the run game yesterday. Singletary had 17 carries. They're doing their utmost to keep consistency in the play. It's not all about, all about Allen running or throws. And then the game was nip and tuck going into the fourth quarter, and then essentially I felt they took over again then. 24 players, one touchdown, eight first downs against the Chiefs, who had 12 players, one field goal, and the turnover at the end. The game got away from the Chiefs in a way, but again, these are the type of games that the Bills would have lost in the past. It kind of had a little bit of similarity even towards the end of the first half where the, you know, the game last year where there was little time left on the, on the clock and the Chiefs still found a way to get down and kick a field goal. Yeah, they might come up against each other again, but I just I, I don't think the Chiefs team is at the level of this Bills team. Um, I felt Bills were average yesterday and still came out with a big win. And fairness, as much as I don't like Romo and I slag him off, joking, tongue-in-cheek on this show, he kept repeating the same team during the game was this result is crucial for, for January. And we said it on the show... On Thursday in the preview, like it's only week six, but whoever wins this has the leg up on on the, um, on home field advantages. What we're looking at now, we're essentially going to need the Bills to lose two games to give the Chiefs an option to to be the number one seed, or, or maybe the Ravens or whatever other team. But like, can't say. I just think Bills team is too strong. Great win for them, and it couldn't get over get them over a little bit of a hump. Um, and this game, and Josh Allen was playing it down after, but the magnitude of this game was for me. It was so important to win it. Great win for them. Massive game for the Chargers tonight, just in terms of the West and the yep. development there True. of Herbert as well. Let's look at the LSU Bowl, the Bengals getting on top of the Steelers. Another pick that I was wrong on, happy days. Colin, this would have been some game in London, and we could see last night why people were giving off, saying that this game shouldn't be in London, because the atmosphere of this game was electric. Electric. Joe Burrow going in and Jamar Chase's jersey. Um, Jamar doing the gritty, gritty, gritty. I mean, I, I'm at the point now, maybe I'm getting a bit old. I was like, man, just... Just walk into the end zone. Stop going with it. It was just a bit annoying. That being said, Andy Dalton, um, I seen some sort of stat yesterday. He's now played, is, is he like the first quarterback to play against like so many of his old teams or something? I don't, I don't know. But um, that being said, the Saints still put it up to them for four quarters. They're not that bad, arguably. Um, they're certainly a better team than the Bucs are. Because <laughs> the well, box at the minute they're trash, lads. Like there's no point. I mean, offensively, they're useless as it stands. But Tom Brady will go out and throw six touchdown passes next week and prove me wrong. As of yesterday, and we'll. I mean, is the box game next? Maybe we can merge this into one. I uh, don't know, but I, I, I have so much to say about this whole box situation. I'll, I'll try and shut up. That being said, Bengals fans very happy. Bengals fans were not happy with us on Friday, um, at all. And it is what it is. And now I'm realizing all these social quotes. You said that the Jags were going to have a day. They definitely had a day yesterday. I'm going to just shut up now and pass it over to you. It's a massive win for the Bengals, sir. Massive. Yeah, no, it's an uh, Im- impressive win. Um, and in terms of Jamar Chase came to, to play, we at times he's been, you know, he- held this season, but held in check. But Bradley Roby will have nightmares about this game because ultimately he's the one who who cost him and um that that 
a touchdown at the end where he um just you know goes up gets the ball beats Roby and then um Honey Badger can't get next to or near him and he just kind of walks it walks it in but yeah um look I think impressive like they they went out to to do a job they're they are not clicking in the way that they did towards the end of last year. But I, I, I don't know. I, I'm wary of writing any team off at the moment because this time last year, the Bengals weren't clicking and they got hot at the, the end of the season. The the season, the Bucks won the Super Bowl. They were a mess up until their bye, which I think was week 11 that, that year. Yeah. Um, and then they got hot. So, there, there's an awful lot of football to, to be played. Teams are still figuring things out. He, there's good, going to be injuries. But for the, the Bengals, they went in and, yeah, they absolutely did what they needed to do in terms of getting the win. For the Saints, they obviously have a, a significant number of injuries. Apparently, Andy Dalton picked up an injury yesterday. So does that mean Jameis is back in? But as long as they're... They don't have a settled QB there. Um, I think it'll be a, a long season in New Orleans. They'll they'll win some games because that defense is generally solid. But when they come up against a player like um, Chase, who can be that explosive, that was the difference yesterday. Yeah, I think the crucial part for the Bengals right now is was they're not playing well. Um, Got to keep on getting these results and put themselves in a position to potentially win the division because the division is wide open. Like, let's be fair, like the Ravens are not, you know, they're struggling and losing games. And I, I, I wasn't blown away by the Bengals yesterday. Like, bear in mind the Saints were missing quite a lot of players yesterday. I think the downfall for the Saints was they went one and five in the red zone. And the efficiency of the Bengals, they went three for three in the red zone. They had three plays of over 60 yards or more, three explosive uh, plays. One of them resulted in a touchdown and Chase and, and Burrow seemed to be getting. The connection back, but I did. I still feel that for a long time that game looked like the Saints had it and it just it got away from them. 30 26 offensive line for the Bengals team seems to be struggling. Is that going to get corrected throughout the course of the season? I'm not sure, but it's a great win from uh, some players. Obviously, had other agendas in terms of going back into their, their all stopping ground from the area. And you know, we spoke about it on Friday all the different storylines, but for the Bengals, just keep getting these wins. I think they have a, a reasonable game next weekend, which is very winnable. Can't recall who it is. So as long as they keep on getting these wins, um, you know, putting themselves in a position where in a division that's very tight, bearing in mind, you've got two teams, Browns and Steelers, who are think what they two and four, two, three and four, sorry, two and four, and then you've got the Ravens at three and three. The Bengals will still be very confident of winning this division. But you need to get that offensive line fixed because other teams who are better up front are gonna have a field day against Borough. Let's talk about the Bucks and the Steelers. The Steelers, oh, like frankly, upsetting the Bucks in in Tampa. Um, I mentioned a couple of times in this broadcast so far tonight about Brady and stuff. Uh, finished twenty five for forty, and was given off to his offensive line at one point in the first half, as if it was their fault. And I watched the game back today a couple of times. I watched the second and the fourth quarter. I mean that was Colin. That was on him yesterday. Like the line was not fantastic, but he still had space multiple times to make throws. We have to give it to Mike Tomlin to come out with that defense and and perform very well. Your guy Kenny uh, off injured, but still getting some good reps in the league. 
are you know you talk there now about the Bucks having issues the year that they won the Super Bowl. Um, they didn't have issues like this. I think that would be the thing for me to say. They 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 didn't look this alarming. Um, I would be concerned. I am more than concerned about Tom Brady, uh, and we're sitting three weeks out from Munich after this week, and I'm thinking to myself, what day is he flying in? Because I I just I watched. Did, did you see his post post game press yesterday or like his comments to the media? He is completely checked out, and it's actually quite sad to see. He should have walked away last year. He should have walked away two years ago, but. Clearly, there's obviously a lot of stuff going on there, and I think you can now see it transforming onto the field. But fair, fair play to the Steelers. Yeah, the Mike Tomlin got a, a response, and uh, this was a game none of us had had given the the Steelers a prayer. Um, you know, and I, I, as I, I even talked about it on the Thursday show, that I'm somebody who generally says that all games will be competitive and I didn't think this one would be and that's where I'm not prepared to totally dismiss the books as yet I did ask the question on Twitter last night have we ever seen Brady as angry as consistently like he breaking tablets berating his offensive line um you know the the barb comments in the press kicking out at at opponents which he was fine for one but they missed uh obviously that he did it a a second time look I still think, given that it's the division that they're in and the conference that they're in, they'll probably be there or thereabouts. But no, I look, they they are not the force that they were. Um, but they, I, I still, I, I said to Brian um, earlier in, in, a, in a message, I said, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Gronk decided to give up on these announcing duties and uh, make one more run for it. Uh, I've ruined he literally action. said yesterday he's not going to do it. He was like, I'm uh, not doing it. Yeah, great. Well, he, he we, we've heard we've heard all this before. Um, so I... Right, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what we'll do. 20 euro slash pound equivalent just eat voucher or uber eats voucher uh if anyone here with brian or colin want to take it gronk will not be back come the end of november who wants to take it oh no he won't be back in november no no right. he, okay, he, okay. If, if, end if gronk, of december if gronk was to come back you know he'd play two games in january before the playoffs that if if it was to happen i'm not saying it will but i i would not be at all surprised if you if think about it if you are tampa bay all right and you are looking at this this is it for brady right brady's walking away i talked last year last year was the first time i'd ever seen decline we know this is his last year surely surely you go all in to do everything you can to prolong it as long as you can because you know he's walking away at the end of this year brian did somebody say just it what do you reckon? Uh, no, not for me. I, I don't get me wrong. I, I completely see Collins' narrative on this. On why it even makes sense, you know, bring him back towards the back end of the season, gets a few games, gets used to playing the game again, back into the playoffs. They make a run on it. I just think he's he's moved on, and Brady should have moved on. And I know it's all about Brady, but like the like the team is not playing well as a whole. Like there was, they had so many penalties yesterday. On offense and defense, and defense in particular, like, that's not on Brady. Like, there's inconsistencies across both sides of the ball, and they're only one and four in the red zone. Um, they're only averaging four yards per play. For me, he's missing. He's he's missing a, a good tight end. Okay, so it's Gronk, whoever it is. He's missing a standout tight end. Bright went off injured, but he's not the caliber of a Gronk. They brought in Rudolph. That really hasn't materialized. 
They're missing a security blanket as a tight end, and they're also missing a proper slot receiver for him. They tried to, you know, have a go at it with Beasley. He quickly walked away. Godwin is too is in, out injured, so he wants to be putting the ball down the middle of the field. He hasn't got the players there to do it for him. Evans is his main target, and he's out. He's out on the perimeter. It's not Brady's forte. You look back at the days of the Patriots, Edelman, other players down the middle of the field, Am, um, Amadona. And he had similar attributes, similar players who went into the books initially. That's not there from his own comfortable. Lenny Fournette, yes, he didn't get going. The run game is completely stalled over the past few weeks. Played a little bit better last week against the Falcons. But what we saw over the past few years, which has helped Brady, I felt there was a rookie coming in the third round from Arizona that was going to hit the ground running. That hasn't materialised. There's just too many things wrong with the team at the moment. And Todd Bowles, for me, needs to rally the troops. They've got a, they're playing the Panthers this weekend. Okay, They should be getting back on. On track. If they don't beat the Panthers this weekend, then we really are in for a in for a conversation. And this Munich game is getting more interest as the weeks uh, pass because Seattle weren't expected to do much this year. Seattle's offense is explosive enough. Thirteen wins. Thirteen is up to thirteen now. I have six to go, haven't I? Based on my prediction. Um, who knows? Who knows that game now in Munich may not be as one-sided as many people as many people thought. For the Steelers, it's a great win. I don't have anybody seeing the the footage of it. Uh, um, the team going into the locker room after the game all celebrating high-fiving each other and hugging each other in the, in the corridors and there was a lot of hooks for the offensive coordinator Canada and then Boswell the kicker came out of nowhere and was caught on camera saying it certainly wasn't you who, who won us the game so I don't think things are all too well in Pittsburgh either but um, big win it gets them back into the division because they're only a game out the New England Patriots column have played some of the best football I've seen them play in a long time over the last couple of weeks. They've been excellent on both sides of the ball. Their management has been superb. But their quarterback over the last two weeks, especially especially yesterday, Bailey Zappi, or Zappity Duda, whatever you want to call him, has been solid. But yesterday he was excellent. Absolutely fantastic. And I'll ask two questions. The first one I'll ask is, do they sit Jones for the season and let him rest up? Or at least for another two months and let him come back around Christmas? Or is there any situation here in which there is a quarterback battle unheard of in New England? Because he's playing better. It's more enjoyable to watch. He's more fluid. He can run more. It's enjoyable to watch. I said it again. I'm being positive about the Patriots. People give me golf about this. I'm enjoying watching the Patriots play. For the first time in the well, in ever, because I don't like Tom Brady. So, hypothetically aside, though, Bailey Zappi looks great, and long may it continue. I think this is a different situation to Cooper Rush in Dallas. I think genuinely, based on what the Patriots have at that position, there should be a discussion about it. What are your thoughts about it? Um, I I think scoring sixty seven points with QB three starting is a testament to Bill Belichick and. Everyone on this podcast outside of Mark uh, Cockrell had a, a query about the, the Patriots, about Joe Judge, about Patricia. And uh, all of a sudden, Michael, you're enjoying the, the Patriots playing, which is telling you that they're, they're doing something right up in New England. And I think a lot of teams around the league, if they had their QB3 playing, they'd be at the podium making all sorts of excuses rather than talking about the number of points that uh, they had had scored. Look, um, I, I think 
we have we have to to see how how it goes. It, it's a different situation to Cooper Rush because of what happened last night. But there were certainly plenty of people who on um, you know on this podcast last week said Cooper Rush should start last night. Um, so I think we are we're going to see. He might be. He might well be. I. You can make the point that he's a better QB. That you can absolutely stand over that. You can believe that. There's no problem with that. I think you have to let Mac Jones back in. I think the fact that he led the team to the playoffs in his rookie season. You give Mac Jones another shot, and you now potentially know what you have in Zappi. But remember, it's it's a few games. We got to, We got to see more. This absolutely could be a situation similar to. Um, you know, it has happened before. It happened with Brady. It happened with Russell Wilson. We have seen it before with the, the backup has. But I, I think they would Tom be Madrid, remiss. That's so as well. It, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it, to me, you, you you need to see when Mac Jones comes back where he is at. But could could it happen? Of, of course. It will be very interesting to see. But if Zappi is the, the real deal, then uh, what does that mean for the, the rest of the AFC? Well, I, I think that's a very interesting conversation to have. And Brian, I'll, I'll come to you here now, mate. I, I'm not scared of saying Zappi's been enjoyable to watch. He has been. And I'm not going to sit here and listen to that comment about Cooper Rush. The reason that Cooper Rush should have played last night was because Dak Prescott is not 100% yet. And they wouldn't have won the game last night against Philly because Philly are incredible. And we'll talk about them in a bit. We're nearly an hour into this. We haven't talked about the Eagles. Jesus, lads. Uh, Brian, I think we've got like a Matt Saracen vibe going on here in New England. People want to talk about Zappi being a decent replacement for Mac Jones. If I'm Mac Jones, I'm sweating the bucket, lads. Like, this is a situation here. I'm sorry it is. And Belichick's not going to take any prisoners. Belichick is great. He really is. He's fantastic. No, his press comments are are so amusing. Like, he, he was asked a question about the game and the analysis and the stats and all these things but you know what you should go for and fourth down and inches you know they had that one at the goal line and he just stared at your man and said no we'll accumulate points thanks very much and he, he kicks the field goal where other head coaches your Brandon Staley's and all these guys who are much cleverer than Bill Belichick find ways to go for fourth downs and, and not get and not get the points um, but defensively they're playing really well you know they had four sacks yesterday let's not forget and their own game is coming Stevenson had a big game but the Zappy conversation is just going to keep going and it'll keep going on again because in all likelihood, they'll be the Bears next week. When when is uh, as a matter of interest, I should notice, but when is Mac Jones due to be available? Hundred percent. I would ask Mark, but I haven't seen him in a month. Yeah, um, so this is the thing. Well, so I'm kind of Tom Brady and Zappi have got the same record, Brian, at the minute, but they're both three and three. Well, so, see, the thing is, I, I think the two weeks time is key, right? They play, they play the Bears with all due respect to Bears and the fans out there. They're at home. They should have beat the Bears next Monday, and then the following week they're playing against the Jets and. That's a big game then, because both of them essentially might have the same record, depending on how the Jets uh, play next weekend. If they can recall how the Jets play next weekend, I think it's a difficult game. So they could potentially be going up against each other. If the the Patriots win that game, I think they would they would consider staying with the current situation because the consistency of him playing quarterback is too good in terms of the points they're putting up. Um, it's a it's a country, it's a difficult one. Um, it's a nice problem to have, and I also want to. God, we spoke about the Giants and all these players from the draft all contributing yesterday. 
they got a lot of the Patriots players from the draft contribute yesterday. Boyd receiver scoring touchdowns. Cole Strange having a big game. These are the, remember everybody was slagging Belichick. He lost his mind. He didn't know how to draft players anymore. Well, yesterday we saw a number of them contributing. So the future might be might be as bad for the Patriots as it foreseen. And maybe they will be in the hunt for a wild card come come December. Because Mark uh, did find a way to get nine wins. I can start. I, if they get into a bit of a run with Belichick there, they'll be a very difficult team to face come December. Oh, yeah. And if they get, to, they're one and done in the wild card. They're not of the standard of the Depends premier teams in the AFC. Depends huh? play. Depends on the situation. Like, for example, if oh, we, got, we were here last year. We were here last year. And they went to Buffalo and they, they wasted four hours of our life. I'll give we you should have been in bed. No, no, hold fire now. I'll give, you, I'll, give you, I'll give you an example. Right. Buffalo Bills last year were. Like we saw what they did in the divisional game against the Chiefs. The, the 13 second meltdown cost them a championship game. If the Patriots were going into Tennessee, for example, who win the division? You're telling me the, they wouldn't match up well against the Tennessee side on the road? That's the kind of game they could win. Let's talk it, about it in January. Uh, the best tweet that I seen yesterday was let's be clear people there is absolutely no quarterback controversy in Foxborough so stop all this damn nonsense already some of y'all are just making yourselves look foolish now everyone love each other again this is clearly Bailey Zappi's team Zap. well Mark I don't know Mark's not on this broadcast if he's going to back on this week and if he knows he'll be zapped off it um, can I just make it clear now that Brian O'Leary is and he's done a very good job to be fair of making notes for this broadcast and producing this um, but it's ridiculous. I'm calling you out, Brian. Like, why the hell are, are the are Eagles okay. ninth I've, I've, on this list? Have a the good Eagles last night. No, hold on, hold on. Uh, what? Uh, hold, hold on. If you if you jump into where the notes came today, you'll see underneath there's an asterisk saying, "Please feel free to move the games around <laughs> in whatever way you see fit." Right. Okay. 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 <laughs> um, Eagles. Uh, I'll just put it out there. I went to bed when I went fourteen zip. I mean, I watched the third and fourth this morning. Cowboys come back into it a bit, but uh, Colin, I, I, I don't think we could have enough time on this on this broadcast to talk about the evolution of Jalen Hurts, the quarterback. I mean, we are in scary biscuits territory here. They look too good. I mean, they're the best team in the NFC by between, I mean, maybe the distance between Cork and Tyrone, at least, Oma. They're miles ahead. And you you are, as it stands, you're bang on. Bang on. Like they're, they're so fun to watch as well. But Jalen Hurts is in a league of his own at the minute. It's just superb. Well, to, look, I, I go back to it. I like a lot of what the Eagles have done. I think if you're looking at it from the outside, I think there are two ways of looking at it, right? The Eagles are 6-0, and but they haven't played a full game. So there, you can look at that as probably two ways. You can say, wow, what happens if they put a full game together? But equally, and as I'm sure opposition teams will do, will say, well, there'll be a time where we'll catch them. And, um, you know, there, there was a there's a lot of uh, around that divisional game last night, right? Um, <laughs> the, they had been all sorts of comments from the Cowboys about that the Eagles hadn't played a proper team and they hadn't played a proper defense. And, that they were going to get um, shown up last night. Well, they didn't. And so they, they passed another hurdle. There's still an awfully long way to go, an awfully long way to go. The Cowboys have, you know, the, the Cooper Rush era is done 
sooner that gets back in there. I think the worry for the Cowboys is they need they should be looking for somebody explosive because they don't have explosive plays. You know, Brian talked earlier about the Packers and, and their lack of explosive plays. I think that's a consideration for the Cowboys. You know, you, you'll always have down weeks in the, the NFL. Micah Parsons will be back up next week, right? He'll probably have three sacks um, next week. But the worry for them is on the offensive side of the ball, they need somebody um, who is explosive. And that's probably the, the biggest thing hindering them, I think, on the offensive side of things at the moment. Brian, Eagles team going up, uh, averaging 21 points per game in the first half, 5.8 in the second half. I like I, That's scary that they're still in that position and they still haven't played a full game. Obviously, for the, for the Cowboys, it's not a panic situation. I think they play each other again on Christmas Eve. Yeah, late in the season. There's a lot of NFC East games. You have to persuade season. the wife to let you put the TV on that night. That's going to be some game. Christmas Eve. Oh, Don't talk to me about Christmas Eve. That's a, that's a difficult night for most parents. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd be more encouraged for the Cowboys. Like, I, I, we, the Eagles are where they are right now, but the Cowboys... There was a few things that went wrong for the Cowboys yesterday. I thought the coaching at times was poor. They were 14 nil down. There was a clear force down in which the, it was called for as a 14. One, they should have challenged that. Instead, they tried to rush the line. Didn't get it. Resulted in a, in a Chiefs, or sorry, an Eagles field goal. Then they got intercepted on the next immediately on the next drive. That re- resulted in a in a field goal. So they found ways in the first half to put the game to bed. Essentially, um, I said on the previous show I didn't think Hurts would have the most amazing of games. He didn't. He he, he leaned on the run. He leaned on their defense. Their defense has been, you know, a lot better than I expected this season. But I was encouraged by the second half in terms of how the Cowboys came back. I mean, they got the game back to. 2017 at one stage, only to allow a, a big joy. But I think that when the wheels were coming off slightly for the Eagles, they rebounded in the fourth quarter. And I think they, they consumed the ball for nine minutes of the fourth quarter and they had a big long drive, took 11 minutes off the clock, I think, of that quarter. And um, then obviously resulting in, in a touchdown, but essentially put the game away. The Cowboys will be ruined, missed opportunities in the sense that they gave themselves too much to do in the, in the half because I felt it was quite a very even game in the second half. And, there were some city penalties. They were, they were done for 72 yards on penalties. 10, 10, 10 penalties. The Eagles were only done for two for 10 yards. So there you are. Like this, you, know, you have to bear that in mind. I don't know you saw the one with Michael Parsons where they put them in a long turn down and he, he had a fantastic play on the outside in the perimeter. And then, of course, he doesn't. He goes and then sights the player into his face and, of course, immediately he's called for a penalty. Like you can't be doing things like that. That's that's down to coaching. You know, you got to make sure your players are disciplined and... There was too many things and too many items spoke about going into the game. Colin touched on it last week with Lawrence being very outspoken, which he is. He tends to be in the press conference leading up to the game. I felt the Eagles were saying nothing, the Cowboys were saying everything. And in the end, the uh, the Eagles won the game. A bit surprised by Sirianni at the end, in terms of how, you know. But uh, I mean, if any other coach were doing that, to be, you know, everybody be self imploding on this show. but Unfortunately, he's, he's allowed to do it because he's he's six Jesus, you were doing so not? well there. You were actually really doing well there, yeah. and you had to ruin it. Come on, man! There Come on! Like, he, like, they're they're playing well. I actually think the, the broadcast. Mil- well, you, you said they're a million miles ahead. They're not a million miles ahead. They're one oh, game. Geez, they they're, one game ah. they're one game ahead. They're one game ahead. Uh, yeah, on, on paper they're one way ahead, on, on, but the game isn't played on paper. They're the most complete team in the NFC by a country mile is what I'm trying to say. And look, yeah. time will tell. Maybe we'll all be up on our faces laughing. I think it's exciting to see the NFC East teams come up. I mean, the Cowboys, for example, like what they could be like in a month's time, who knows? So it's going to be exciting. 
what, what more do we have to talk about here, lads? We're here for an hour. We, like, we can, well, we've we've three we've three games. We could probably maybe take one each. I would say to me, right? What stood out today? An amazing, truly amazing stat. Um, from at Forverts, uh, if you don't uh, follow him on on Twitter, you, you definitely should. But PJ Walker, uh, if you haven't seen the past chart, it is um, quite something. PJ Walker's furthest downfield pass yesterday was one yard, one yard. Every other pass was behind the line of scrimmage. One don't tell Tim. Yard. It is quite quite so quite, i've never seen anything like it and uh also the fact that dj moore uh, couldn't remember the name of the the fourth the fourth qb um who may well be the the starter n- next week that's it it's 2022 in the nfl god only knows who knows will will the panthers shock the world and the bucks next weekend probably not Brian, I'll let you talk about your Seahawks in a second. The Dolphins for me, lads. Mike McDaniel. Oh, the Mike McDaniel effect. It's all about Mike McDaniel. What is going on? Teddy Bridgewater looked like a man possessed when he went on yesterday. He's like, oh, I don't want to go on. Who will be playing quarterback next week? It's like the generation game, musical chairs. Who knows what's going to happen? I feel it for the Dolphins fans. But at the same time, no, I don't. They should never have let Tua enter that field again, which seems like a long time ago now. And it's almost like they're cursed. They're cursed in the same way that the Packers are cursed. And one can only imagine who I'm going to meet next week. Um, Brian, Seahawks, who have you got? Well, it's it's Arizona who really are on, on the hook here. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury continuously. Oh, God, we're, we're doing picks again. Um, Cliff Kingsbury yesterday decided in his, in his wisdom that he won't take field goals for some reason. He continuously went for it on fourth down. The game finished 19-9. You know, it was a field goal game. You know, for if he takes three of the opportunities, I think he had four fourth down opportunities yesterday in the game, and they went for fourth down. They went for every time. If he takes three field goals there, nine points, nineteen eighteen, who knows how the game plays out? Potentially, they, they they win the game. But for some reason, the game where it was low scoring and Pete Carroll is happy to chip away at the score, like Belichick does, he just take the points and accumulate points and see where we're at come the fourth quarter. He was adamant he wasn't going to do that, and to me, after he'll probably end up losing his job at the end of the season because. That's just poor coaching. Like, whatever the first time out, take the points. And Kyler Murray, I mean, they gave him the big contract, but right now he seems like he doesn't, again, we saw it on the sideline yesterday, the the body, the mannerism, the way he goes on, you know, it's back to the house conversation. Is he a team player? Is he a team Call leader? Call out on Wednesday, Brian. And he's in first night football. And I tell you what, have you ever played Call of Duty? Because you get involved and you get I, really I into it. Genuinely, and I'm telling no you, once you play one game, you're in. I thought there was when I saw I, I saw something on our I thought there was a new series of Line of Duty coming back. No, not I don't know what Call of Duty is. Genuinely, sweet baby Jesus or, or sweet mother. Mm. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, whatever you want to call it, the college, well, the call of duty for the GM and the and the owner in uh, Arizona in between will probably to be firing Kingsbury at the end of the season, and they've given obviously they're stuck with Colin Murray because they've given them that massive contract which wasn't deserved. Bearing in mind what we got to read during the off season around how how prepared he is for games, and I think what it's starting to show for the Seattle, it's like Seattle, Picard would love that type of situation. Chip away, win the game, they'll move on, and. Uh, Again, he, like I said at the start of the season, they're not good to watch. Um, well, they are good to watch. A little bit better than what we expected. But they'll find ways to win because 
players will always want to play for Pete Carlo 100% and, and they've actually got some nice talented players in terms of the cornerback for example more than four games in a row interceptions you know that Diggs Diggs for the Cowboys is the best player ever we all see interception this guy's not getting spoke about already in terms of the rookie class this year so anyway on we go wasn't the greatest of games Monday Night Football is the Broncos going to Los Angeles, California to face the Chargers in what can only be described as uh, an orange fest. This will probably be a home game. That won't help them, Colin, will it? Uh, what are your thoughts on this game on Monday night? I I actually uh, I changed my pick on this, Michael, in, because of the, the Steelers game. Um, because the the Steelers essentially. Why um, didn't you tell me? I would have, I would have changed the graphics because no, everyone's going to see it's, it now. It, it's all done. It's all done. Um, say fair complete. Um, uh, so I I had I've gone with the the Chargers, and I do think this will be a close game. And I think what will be really interesting to me, honestly, is where are these co- two head coaches come the the end of the season. Um, because this, there, I think there's there's enormous pressure on the Chargers. I think the Chargers need to win, given that the roster that they have, given the expectations um, that are, are there. But I I just think in terms of the the matchups, the Broncos do match up quite well. And even as the Broncos have been going, um, you know, through the the doldrums over the the past five years, the Chargers haven't been able to to really dominate the Broncos. You've got to go back. Um, to the pre-Peyton uh, Manning era um, to, to really see the, the Chargers put the beatdowns on the Broncos, which they, they did back in 2010 and 2011, certainly. So to me, I'm going to say this is going to be an incredibly low-scoring affair. This will be dragged out both of these sides, the, the defences. I think um, it'll be a bit of a, a chess match. And I think even though you have, in theory, two very, very capable uh, QBs, I don't think we will see uh, a high-scoring game. But uh, I, I think that there is also a lot of pressure on the Broncos and they've had that mini buy and all of the talk coming out of Broncos country is that Russell Wilson got the injection and that he is throwing freely and that he is pain free. So I'm going to say um, that the the Broncos will win a, a close one, but I think that there's a lot of spotlight on both of these head coaches going into this game tonight. Brian, after the Broncos last two performances, would you be, and we talked about this off camera, would you be forgiven for thinking if they lose tonight, lose against the Jets on Sunday and lose in London, that Nathaniel Hackett's position as head coach could be untenable? Dun, 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 Tell you at the dun, end of the season, dun, Michael. Boom. Oh, I, I, I think he's gone at the end of the year, but do you think there's a situation in which he's gone week 10? No, absolutely not. Uh, I don't think the new owners would rush into a situation. I think they would have just allowed a season to play out. It depends on the circumstances where they are come week 9 or 10 in terms of the playoff on like right now if you win to this evening three and three or any one game though top top place whether you think you can live with the Chiefs in the long run who knows but right now you know stats don't know you could be three and three coming out of this game and there's no need to panic yeah Jets on Sunday Jags a week after that they're winnable games Michael yeah whether you, whatever way you look at it I know the Jets are on a run but at the same time you would expect a Broncos team that invest in the quarterback of that caliber to be capable of beating the Jets and that strong defence in mile high. Back to this game. Um, I picked the Broncos last week. 
against the Colts. I picked them. I think they picked them the week prior to that. Um, I've been on the tra- I've been on the Broncos train throughout the course of the season because I felt at some stage we would see this offense. Well, I felt the defense has been playing very well, with the exception of the game in in Las Vegas. They played really well. Um, that game they couldn't tackle properly, and it was a it was a high scoring game, but it just everything seemed to be disconnected both offensively and defensively. And I thought they'd get it back together last week. I said they could win comfortably against the Colts, and how wrong was I? And that's why I can't pick them now. I've I've, I've I can't trust them anymore. Um, I think the scenario here for me is was the charge was the Broncos defense has played really well this season. The Chargers offense has started to get it together. Um, twenty four points in against the Texans. Strong uh, performance last week against the Browns defense, which I feel is honestly is one of the best in the league. Um, hasn't been the case over the past few weeks, but still to go into to go into Cleveland and put up points, and then I'm asking myself, can the Broncos right now with the offense stuttering the way it is, put up enough points to keep keep it to Chargers team? I don't see. It. I think it'll be. I do agree it'll be a close game. I think the Chargers will come out on the right side of it. Just Jack and Hoagie better pick the Chargers as well. Uh, he who shall not be named is picking the Chargers. Voldemort. Uh, maybe Voldemort. Maybe, maybe Mark will be back on Thursday. I don't even know anymore. Wednesday? What's the crack? Um, me and Colin were obviously like, you know, but most people know if you're, if you're not aware, like we're both Broncos fans. Uh, we're on a different podcast talking about the team because we just love, um, you know, the last five years so much. Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch. The list goes on. Melvin Gordon can't hold the ball without dropping it. Cortland Sutton. Tim Patrick out for the year. Javante Williams out for the year. And um, I don't know. Do you want to buy a Subway sandwich? It's my signature sandwich. <sighs> I am concerned just generally, obviously as a fan, but just generally, I, I do feel that there is a performance coming from this Broncos team at some point. Whether it's in the next three weeks or five weeks or whatever, um, post by post London, there is a performance coming, and they are going to be blown out if they continue to play the way that they're playing. Any team, other than that Niners or Colts team, Niners were very poor in Denver. That Colts game was atrocious. Imagine that was the Bills with their offense. Imagine that was the Chiefs with their offense in Denver a few weeks ago or last week, they would have been decimated. And we can sit here now and we can talk about the Broncos' defense, we can talk about the fact that Bradley Chubb has uh, five and a half sacks already into the season. Josie Jewell's had a decent start to the season, leads the Broncos in tackles. That's fine. They are going up against a different beast in this Chargers offense with Justin Herbert, who needs to win this game. Does anybody really think that the Chargers are not looking at this game going, they're going to win this game tonight? They are expecting to win this game tonight. I am very concerned about this game on a personal note, but I, I, I think like Brian and Mark C and Hoagie Bear are, are bang on here. The Chargers are winning this game. And what will happen is they'll go out and they'll rush for a touchdown in the first five or six minutes and Herbert will turn it on. I just hope it's kept respectable and um, I will cry tomorrow. And Brian and Mark Hogan are going to recap the game tomorrow. And I can't wait to listen to that podcast, which will be available tomorrow evening. But um, I think the Chargers will win comfortably, unfortunately, on my on my part. It'll be a nice impartial view of the game on, uh, on tomorrow evening's podcast. Which is probably I mean, you literally couldn't have had a more impartial view there now. Like, what? Like, come on, man. 
I just said I picked the Broncos the past three or four weeks. What more do you want me to do? Um, I don't know. It's just like I, I'm talking. I'm saying about me, like being impartial. Like I'm, I can't be any more impartial. You know, in, in oh, that yeah. sense. Like, um, I just wanted, wanted to make one more point. Like Russell Wilson, the Friday after the Colts game was, you know, heavily, what's the right word? Scrutinized on social media throughout the course of his performance on the Thursday night, and obviously his press conference at the end, which was, was a bit, um, you know strange bear in mind the let's writing and we had a bit of a crack about it in london but then rogers has since lost two games tom brady has the situation at the weekend so russell will probably be glad of the 10-day break and glad of the fact that other quarterbacks in the league who are supposed to be top upper echelons quarterbacks at his level so shall we say are having a difficult time and i do like a subway sandwich but um it is cringe tv but i'm sure his bank account is on the right side of whatever He's been paid. Anyway, get off to. I'm just saying. He's, he's living in Dublin the, Four. He's glad he's been taken out of cooker, shall we say? And maybe that will benefit him tonight. And you come out and have a good game, and the Broncos will see what get the performance they expect from the Broncos. We we all need our pick to be right tonight. So someone's going to be let down. Uh, that's us. That's us now. So it is. Um, we're back on Wednesday. Wednesday at nine thirty, different time yeah. this week, and then we're back on Thursday. <laughs> At nine thirty. Yeah, thirty. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, here. Obviously, thanks a million for everyone watching tonight. Big, big thanks to everyone in the comments. Um, Graham, Irish Jets fans, happy victory Monday. Yeah, I know that, that lad wasn't happy with me. Connor Cassidy, Monday Club, Fred, Jer, Owen, big Chargers fan saying you're gonna sit watch the game tonight. Of course, I am. Owen, Alde Brun, and he Owen is saying to finish up the show here. I see at least one pick six for the Chargers this evening. A few weeks of injuries uh, and readjusting schemes and personnel is getting fixed tonight. I think Owen's bang on, bang on. But yeah, just uh, just a big thanks to everyone that's uh, watching. And Fred's not happy about the Cowboys, and I think that's us. Yeah, I yeah. Us. I suppose it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, if there are any more moves, I know there was a question around uh, run CFC and where he may end up. Obviously, Robbie Anderson moving on. And the Texans uh, beginning a uh, clear out of the uh, front office. So, that didn't take uh, long. It took, took, took too long. Indeed. Uh, see you on Wednesday. Bye. Keep your lips. I'll try my best.